And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, man, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello. Everyone, I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Dick Kalmar stars as jewel thief turned amateur detective Boston Blackie from 1947. But it's time now for Movie Jeopardy. Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl, and it's great to be back. Yeah, I'm welcome here. back. It's good to feel good again. Yeah. <laughs> no fun to be sick. I'm glad to be here. So I thought before we get into the holiday season with all the, the happy, wonderful movies, uh, we could talk about maybe some of the fall movies that we could watch um, from the Halloween era and fall. Okay. Okay. So this is the first one, 1976 horror film. Now, don't you know by now I can see inside you? I can see this in as surely as God can. No, no, we'll pray. No. We'll pray, Stella. woman. No. Pray to no. Jesus. No. 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 I don't like it. Yeah, it's scary stuff. What year is that? 1976. Oh, that has to be The Exorcist. It is. Do you have your hand on the button? It is it? It's not? It's not The Exorcist. Okay, it's not The the Exorcist? It is not. Then it's maybe Carrie? It is Carrie. Well, do I get get it or no? No, you definitely don't get it. That was Sissy Spacek Ah. as Carrie, of course. And um, this was the first film of the Carrie franchise. Mm. And it was uh, adapted by... I get nothing? I mean, no, I, mm. from Stephen King's 1974 novel, mm. you get nothing, but there's plenty of time left to get something. Oh, gosh. Okay. I um, saw like 30 seconds of this movie today. Yeah, it's it's really it on TV. It's creepy, right? Well, you know, I've had plenty of time at home to watch TV, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> catching up on some of the classics. Now, okay, the next one, 1956. Who are you? I'm Doctor Hill from the State Mental Hospital. I'm not insane. Let him go. Doctor. Now, you must listen to me. You must understand me. I'm a doctor, too. I am not insane. I am not insane. Now, now suppose we just sit down over here, Dr. Bennell, and you tell me what happened. Well, it started. For me, it started last Thursday. In response to an urgent message from my nurse, I'd hurried home from a medical convention I'd been attending. 
At first glance, everything looked the same. It wasn't. Something evil had taken possession of the town. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, mm. I'm going to guess um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes, you guessed correctly. It's right? That is right. Oh, my nice gosh. Nice job, right? Kevin McCarthy is in That's that movie. That's exactly right. Adapted wow. from Jack Finney's 1954 so science movie. fiction novel, The Body Snatchers. Right. Right. Wow, I got one. Bringing you back. Oh, you'll get more. Okay. Okay, I have a little fun here. 1963 horror. I want you to go as quietly as possible. Do not make a sound I, yeah, I want until to I mm-hmm. tell you to run. Mm-hmm. Then run as quickly as you run can. Run like the understands. Dickens. Right. All right, yes, John, you had Miss... bad dreams like this. Ooh. It's so visual. It's hard to have a yeah, great clip it's very on visual. the radio. Uh, but you know re- this one. Do you remember seeing this movie like as a kid and being freaked out by it? You know, I don't I remember was. the first time it I saw this. Me out. But this is, it, it still freaks it's me out. It's the birds. It is the birds directed yeah. by Alfred Hitchcock. Right. It's based on the nineteen fifty two story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was in uh, Bodega Bay, California. So, yeah. I don't know. It's scary stuff. Very man. scary movie. All right. Um, mm-hmm. We're moving on. I'm on 19- a roll now. All You're of on a sudden. roll. 1935. I'm, like I'm on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> you make man like me? No. What year? 35. Woman. Friend. Oh, 35, huh? Okay. Woman. Mm. Friend. Yes. I want friends mm-hmm. like me. Yeah, Lana, I want a friend, all right. Very useful, and you will add a little and force to the argument if necessary. He needed a friend, Lisa. So he was really, he was really lonely. <laughs> so are you? Frankenstein's monster was awfully lonely. Yes. That's Bride of Frankenstein. Absolutely right. And this was the first sequel to Frankenstein, yeah. which is 1931. Right. Right. Friend. I need friends. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you uh, keep talking like that, maybe it'll happen for yeah, you. <laughs> I hope. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> that should do it for you. All right, we're going to change a little bit uh, to open your mind up here. Okay. Uh, when was this? Um, the first broadcast of this was 1966. Can I have an extra piece of candy for my stupid brother? Mm-hmm. He couldn't come with us because he's sitting in a pumpkin patch mm-hmm. waiting for the great pumpkin. It's so embarrassing to have to ask for something extra for that blockhead Linus. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. (laughs) I got a rock. I know. You know what's great about these movies is in the the original ones, which were way better than the later ones. Yes, I agree. They used real kids as the yeah. voices. They yes, didn't use like later they used adults that could play kids. I know. These are it's all much better. These are all little kids. It's great. That's, and it's called uh, the Great Pumpkin. That's Charlie exactly Brown. Exactly right. So its initial broadcast was in October of '66 on CBS. Wow. It preempted my three sons. You were two, and I was three. Preempted my three sons. And wow. the original sponsors were Coca-Cola and Dolly Madison. Yeah, Dolly Madison. Yeah. They were always a sponsor. Yep. yep. Wow. Uh, wow. Good stuff, I know. All right, one more mm-hmm. in this venue. 1984. Well, there's something you don't see every day. I tried to think of the most harmless thing. Something I loved from my childhood. Something that could never, ever possibly destroy us. Mr. Stay Puffed. Nice thinking, Ray. 
We used to roast Stay Puffed Marshmallows by the fire at Camp Wakanda. Ray has gone bye-bye, Egon. What have you got left? Sorry, Bankman. I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. All right, well, that one's easy. That's Ghostbusters. That's exactly right. Written what are you going to call? Yeah, I don't Carol know. Carol Ramis. Uh, written by, yeah, and Dan Aykroyd, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was Bill, uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Dan Ramis, Rick Moranis, Ernie Hudson. Great film. And, yeah. uh, you know, kind of a great way so to I got celebrate all except Halloween. For the except for the first, first one. one. But I got it on the second guess. You did. Oh, but man. you did really You're well. You're a tough grader, you I know that? I know, but you know you got to be. There's plenty more to come. All right. Well, you know what? My favorite radio series is coming up next. Boston Blackie. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I think your favorite radio show is My Favorite Husband. It is. Mike's is yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Right, Mike? Yes. And mine is Boston Blackie. Luckily, there's like 225 episodes of Boston Blackie. I have them all direct from the master recordings. And you're going to hear a great quality episode coming your way here in a few minutes. Boston Blackie was a fictional amateur detective character created by Jack Boyle. And Jack Boyle was a criminal. He was actually a safe cracker. And um, he was in jail when he created this character. He had needed something to do. So he decided, you know, I'll make a, a character who was a jewel thief turned good guy, you know, so uh, and that he used the um, his um, knowledge of the underworld to help him solve crimes. And maybe the police are always chasing him and they think he's the guy. So he has to get himself out of a jam. And that's exactly what he created this a very interesting character called Boston Blackie. Now, there were a bunch of silent films with Boston Blackie. Then in 1941, they, um, by they I mean Columbia Pictures, started a series of movies starring Chester Morris. And the first one was called Meet Boston Blackie, and that's exactly what you did. But then there were um, 13 other films. And then at that, um, just a couple of years later, they brought Chester Morris to radio to play that character for a summer season of the Amos and Andy show. He was not available to continue to play the role in a syndicated series, so they hired Dick Kalmar to play Boston Blackie. And as I say, about 200-plus episodes from 1945 until 1953. Uh, great series. It also moved to television with Kent Taylor as Boston Blackie. We have a 1947 broadcast for you now called The Ghost of Florence Newton. This stars Dick Kalmar as Boston Blackie. Hitchhiker. And is she pretty? Come on in, young lady. I'm bound for Little Ben, but I'll drop you anywhere you like. Thank you. You're very kind. My name is Blackie, Boston Blackie. 
I'm Florence Newton. Want to give me an idea of where you'd like to be dropped off? I want to go to the farm. Any one in particular? My own farm. The one my father owns. Uh-huh. I've been wading in the creek, and I hope he won't mind. Well, there isn't much to do out here in the country except go wading, is there? No, there isn't. What do you kids do for excitement? Saturday night dances, movies, that sort of thing? Yes. That sort of thing. You're, um, not particularly talkative, are you? I guess I'm not. Good guessing. This is the farm right here. Would you please stop? Why, sure. Thank you very much. No trouble at all. You may have a little trouble with that door on your side. It sticks. Oh, wait right where you are, and I'll go around and open it for you. Thank you. Be there in a jiffy. Well, here we are, young lady. Now, where did she go? Florence? Florence Newton? Hmm. That's funny. Maybe she went into the house. I guess I'd... I'd better find out. Imagine you must be Mr. Newton, that right? Yes. I just drove your daughter to the door, and when I went to help her out of the car, she disappeared. I thought maybe she came in the house here. My daughter? What did she look like? Young. About 21, I'd say. Attractive. Brown hair, blue eyes. About so high... She'd been waiting in the creek, and I gave her a lift. Well, what's the matter? Isn't she here? No, she isn't. You described my daughter all right, but she was drowned in that creek you were talking about three years ago. And now, back to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. Well, Thompson, I guess you close your case against Butch Heathers tomorrow morning, don't you? You're going to close it, Inspector Faraday, and get a conviction of murder, too. I've never been as sure of a case since I've been district attorney. No reason for you to doubt you'll get a conviction in this case. Boston Blackie's going to send Heathers to the chair for you. <laughs> I've never known you to be so sure of Blackie before, Inspector. I thought you two didn't even get along. Oh, we rib each other a lot, but we don't mean it. At least I don't. Uh-huh. I know I can depend on Blackie when I really need him. Well, I need him this time, Inspector. Blackie says he saw Heathers kill that man. If he repeats that statement in court, that's all I want. Sure it is. It's all you need. Blackie's word is reliable. When he says he sees something, he really sees it. Howdy, Blackie. Welcome to Little Ben. Uh, this is uh, Harry Oldfield. Pleasure, Blackie. How are you, Oldfield? Well, Sheriff, do you have those records on Butch Heathers ready for me? Sure do. So Butch went to the big city and got himself into real trouble, did he? He sure did. 
I want his local record to turn over to the DA. I knew that boy was no good when I arrested him for stealing Clyde Ranson's shotgun five years ago. Well, here's all the dope on him as a local bad boy, Blackie. I made copies so you can have these. Thanks, Sheriff. Those records going to send Heathers to the chair, Blackie? These records plus what I saw, old Phil. And speaking of seeing things, Sheriff, I saw Florence Newton this morning. Flo Newton? Well, she's been dead three years. So her father told me. <laughs> Blackie, now don't you try to pull that old one on me. I've been hearing for years about people picking up ghosts in every town in this country. But I did pick up this girl, Sheriff. Uh, she said she was Florence Newton, and her father admitted the girl was his daughter when I described her to him. <laughs> Blackie, I'm afraid the country air's gone in your head. Better stay in the city where you don't see things. Look, now look, I don't believe in ghosts any more than you do. But that girl got in my car down by the creek, rode up to the Newton farm with me, and then just disappeared. Well, Blackie, she acted like a ghost anyhow. <laughs> Believe me, Blackie, Flo Newton's been dead for over three years. <laughs> All right, Sheriff, I believe you, but believe me, I picked up a girl in my car this morning, and she was Florence Newton. Well, it's possible, Blackie, but where did you get wings for your car? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Larry, when I see things, I see things, and I see I'm not getting anywhere with you. Thanks for the records on Butch Heathers, and so long. <laughs> Goodbye, Blackie, and, and, and say hello to Miss Newton on the way home. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Oh. Well, now, how do you like that, Mr. Oldfield? Yeah. Boston Blackie suddenly seen ghosts. Well, that's some <laughs> story, Sheriff. You think I could make anybody believe it? <laughs> well, you're a writing man, Mr. Oldfield. Your paper sent you up here to get a story on Butch Heathers, but... I think you got a better one on Blackie and the ghost of Florence Newton. <laughs> oh, good morning, Mary. Come on in. Mm, I certainly will. Blackie, have you seen the morning paper? No, I haven't. I was out of the city yesterday, and I didn't get back to town until early this morning. <laughs> I'll say you were out of the city, and out of your mind, too. Look at this newspaper. The whole town's laughing at you. What for? What if I... Uh-oh. Blackie, since when do you not only see a ghost, but tell the newspapers about it? I didn't tell the papers about it, Mary. We... Hey, wait a minute. That fellow Oldfield in the sheriff's office must have been a reporter. Oh, fine. Well, you phone that paper right away and get a retraction. Wait till Inspector Faraday reads this. He'll haunt you with it for years. Well, I can't help that, Mary. I did see that girl. I talked to her. I had her in my car. I took her home. You I... fell asleep. You had a dream and talked out of turn to a reporter. Now, Mary, stop that. If the girl was a ghost, she was a ghost. But she was in my car, and now let's skip it. I have Butch Heathers to worry about today. I'm going to help make a ghost out of him. Oh, so you can keep seeing him for the rest of your life, too? Look, let's forget about the ghost of Florence Newton and worry about the trial of Butch Heathers. I thought no one was worried about it except Heathers. Well, you saw him kill that man, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And I have some reports on him from little Ben that should help cinch the case against him. You going to be in court? I wouldn't miss being there. You're the star witness for the state. Yes, and when I get in the witness chair, it's going to be another kind of a chair for Butch Heathers. <laughs> All right, that is the first portion of the ghost of Florence Newton on Boston Blackie, May 28, 1947. Dick Kalmar there, who was married to Dorothy Kilgallen, the very famous, um, you know, newspaper columnist and uh, radio. Um, she was also a radio star. She had her own radio show as well. 
And then that's Jan Miner. Remember her, Lisa? Yeah, Jan we were Miner? just talking about how those commercials, those Palmolive commercials, yeah. you're soaking in it, are so iconic. She was mad. And I don't, yeah, Remember? but I don't know why they are so memorable. Yeah, that is a young Jan Miner from the Palmolive Madge commercials. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot I mean, of these I don't know. early television, you know, people on TV for their commercials or television shows had their start in these golden age of radio right. programs. That's Jan Miner. And then a little earlier, you heard Maurice Tarplin as Inspector Faraday. We're listening to Boston Blackie and more of this uh, coming your way. Hey, real quick, Lisa, I wanted to uh, just really quick mention that our newsletter it comes out the first of every month, and the November newsletter is out right now. Folks, if you don't receive our newsletter, you're really missing out. It's absolutely free, and every, uh, as I say, every first of the month, the new newsletter comes out. Now, uh, the December newsletter will hit, um, will hit your email if you're a subscriber on the first of December, but um, you don't have to wait till then. You can go online right now, sign up for the newsletter. You'll uh, receive our schedule, tells you all of the classic radio shows in detail that we are airing each and every week here on Hollywood 360. There's also articles by our team here, by Lisa Wolf and by Barry Rickard and Carl Shadow and Martin Grams and myself, Mike Estella, has yet to write an article. I don't know what this guy. I think it's in he's going to turn over a new leaf for the new Gotta year. Got to talk to my agent. Yeah, yeah. something like that. But anyway, go to uh, Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. The very top of the website is how you can sign up for our free newsletter. Do that, and we'll be back in a flash. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we get back to Boston Blackie, what did we order from Mies Meals? Oh, oh I got so something excited. really good. I got a chicken with pineapple I, or something, right? Right. It's Huli Huli Chicken. Huli Huli. It's Hawaiian Huli Huli Chicken. All natural chicken breast with roasted pineapples oh, man. and pickled cucumbers. Now, salad. doesn't that sound great? Now, that, that sounds delicious, but yet I've never made that. Well, I'm looking at a photo, and there's this delicious grilled pineapple rings on top of this oh. Hawaiian sauce. Uh, with the chicken. I mean, you wouldn't be able to wait. cook that without Mies Meals. No, Mies Meals does it all for me and then just gives me a little index card and I, uh, in 15 minutes, it's on my table. Would and you I like look to know what I like ordered? Like a chef. Yes, you what are did, a chef what, at heart. What did you order? I got the perfect thing for me. 
drunken noodles with tofu. Oh, is it there soaked in Roma wine? Uh, no, this one is not. It's a Thai recipe with sautéed Asian veggies, rice noodles, five-spiced tofu, wow. lime, and basil Anything sauce. Anything drunken is perfect drunken, for Drunken, right? It's perfect yeah. for me. Yeah. And we haven't gotten yet to Mike, but I will tell you what I think Mike he's going will to get choose. that sirloin Yeah, thing. he's going to get the Thai... It's called a Thai sirloin steak udon bowl. How does that sound, Mike? I need to see the rest of the. He menu. likes. He likes, he likes to, to check look it at all it. out. And it's then, usually a steak or a shrimp thing that yeah. I got. He looks at it and then his mouth waters and he says, "Give me that one." So, folks, we're talking about Mies Meals. They're one of our sponsors. They're amazing. And every single week we order. My brother orders, too. He loves it. And um, we get it every single week. It's amazing. They deliver it right to your home anywhere pretty much in the United States, like 90% of the country. So you should find out, folks, all across the country, if if you're in their area. You probably are. Go to their website, Mies, M-E-E-Z, Meals.com, and see all the great things every week. It changes, and um, they, they send it all to you, all chopped and, and, and washed and ready to go. It's so easy to cook. And on their website, you can view their cookbook, which is basically the little index card that comes with it. It talks about all the ingredients and the quick preparations on the dish. There's also a health snapshot and talks about all of the health benefits and the calories and uh, of every single dish. And um, it also has photos of the dishes um, when they're prepared, which we also post on our Facebook page with videos. So yeah. uh, we're really excited about Mies Meals. We absolutely love it, and we hope that you'll give it a shot. Yeah. We feel confident you will love it as much as we do. Go to MiesMeals.com, and the very first time you order, folks, they have a very special offer for you because they want you to try it because right. they know if you try it, you're going to love it and you'll mm-hmm. reorder. But the very first time when you order Mies Meals, it's 50% off by using the promo code CARL at checkout. Very easy. Just put C-A-R-L in the uh, checkout there and uh, your uh, price will drop in half. So uh, try it out. It's, uh, it's a, an amazing delivery uh, service for food, it's, but it's not just like regular food. It's great food. And they're Super a wonderful healthy. company to work with. They are. So we appreciate Go them. Go to com and check them out. All right, we're listening to a uh, very interesting uh, broadcast of Boston Blackie, May 28, 1947. Dick Kalmar stars. Uh, this is called The Ghost of Florence Newton. Here's the conclusion. Order. Order in the court. (coughs) Will Boston Blackie take the stand? Raise your right hand. (coughs) Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so up your gun? I do. Take the witness chair. Thank you. Proceed, Mr. District Attorney. Thank you, Your Honor. What's your name? Boston Blackie. Do you know Butch Heathers? Yes, I do. Could you point him out in this courtroom? Of course, there he is, in that end seat at the first table there, the man wearing the green shirt. Will you tell this courtroom where you saw Butch Heathers and what he was doing on the night of June 6th last? Well, well, I was walking through the alley behind the garage where I keep my car, and I saw Heathers approach a man known as Ellie Spry pull out a gun, and pump three bullets into him. Yes. Then he ran. I chased him, but he got away. You say you definitely saw Butch Heathers kill Ellie Spry. That's right. 
that was definitely Butch Ellis. Thank you, Blackie. Your witness, Mr. Walters. Thank you, Mr. District Attorney. Blackie, you say you saw Butch Heathers kill Ellis Fry? Yes, I did. You saw the murder committed with your own eyes? With my own eyes. Those same eyes that yesterday morning saw the ghost of a girl who'd been dead and buried for over three years? Well... Order! Order in the court! You did see a ghost on the road to Little Bend yesterday morning, didn't you? I... I saw a girl. You claim you saw Florence Newton, Blackie. The description was perfect. But Florence Newton is dead, isn't she? Oh, yes, so I understand. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you have just heard this man frankly and openly admit that he saw a ghost. Now, we all know there are no such things as ghosts, except in fairy stories and in the minds of people with overdeveloped imaginations. <laughs> Order! Order in the court! There will be no outburst. Blackie, Inspector Faraday of the Homicide Department is one of your best friends, isn't he? Yes, he is. And you'd like to see him send Butch Heathers to the chair, wouldn't you? I'd like to see the guilty punished. And you'd like to see your friends come up in the world, too, don't you? And the conviction of Butch Heathers might get a promotion for Faraday, mightn't it? He's a good police officer. He's deserved a promotion for a long time. And you'd like to help him get it, wouldn't you? I've always helped Faraday whenever I could. Thank you, Blackie. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, by this witness' own testimony, the facts are clear. There's no proof here that Butch Heathers killed Ellie Spry. This man sees ghosts. So he can see things that don't exist. This man who claims he saw my client commit the murder claims so in an effort to aid and improve the status of the police department friend of his. How can you convict a man on the testimony of a witness such as this? How can you send a man to a... Will the defendant please rise? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. We find the defendant, Butch Heathers, not guilty. <laughs> Court is adjourned. Hey, Blackie. Blackie. Oh, hello, Fernie. Well, it looks as if he got away from us. Yeah, he got away, all right. A great guy you are. I counted on you to help me send this guy where he belongs. But you have to go out and see a ghost. You don't believe me either, do you? I'll say I don't. Do you realize what that ghost has done? Sure, he got into this trial and got Butch Heathers out of a jam. And we can't touch him now. He can't be tried again for the same crime. I know all about that. And I know something about that ghost, too. Will you stop talking about that ghost? I'm going to find that ghost and let it do the talking, Faraday. I'm going to find it if I have to follow it to the happy haunting grounds. And now, back to Boston Blackie. On his way to the country village of Little Bend to get the criminal records of Butch Heathers on trial for murder, Boston Blackie gives a lift to a girl who says she is Florence Newton. Later, it turns out Florence Newton has been dead for over three years. 
Blackie is star witness in the trial against Butch Heathers because he saw Butch commit the crime. But the defense attorney wins an acquittal for Butch on the grounds that a man who sees a ghost can see a lot of things that don't exist. As we return to our story, it is the day following the trial, and Mary Wesley is with Blackie in his apartment. Blackie, I'm sorry I teased you about Florence Newton. Can't you do something to find her again? Oh, I've tried that, Mary. I drove out to Little Bend again last night and asked everywhere for a girl who might look just like the dead Florence Newton. But no luck. Well, that's because there was no ghost. Now, will you stop trying to convince yourself there was? Mary, did it ever occur to you that I never said the girl was a ghost? The girl was real, flesh and blood, real. It was a father and the sheriff and everyone else who said if I saw Florence Newton, I saw a ghost. Well, you described the girl to Mr. Newton, and he said it was his daughter. He said it answered the description of his daughter, but that it must have been the ghost of his daughter, if it was anything. Oh, if I could just find her again. Well, I'll help you, but I certainly never thought I'd help you look for another girl. I'll get Faraday in with us. Maybe we could... Oh, speak of the inspector, and he rings the doorbell. Chances are that he'd rather ring my neck. Come in. Boston Blackie. Florence I... Newton. What? Florence, am I glad to see you. Thanks, Blackie, but... Blackie, if this girl's a ghost... I'm not I'm... a ghost, Miss... Oh, excuse Miss... me, uh, Miss Newton, Miss Wesley. Uh, hello. So you are real, aren't you? Mm, real pretty, too. Miss Wesley, I came here to explain all about what happened. It's about time somebody explained something. To begin with, my name isn't Florence Newton. I'm Vivian Peters, and I was paid $1,000 to play that trick on you. Who paid you? Butch Heathers? Yes. He was out on bail, but I didn't know that. Or him. He said it was just a gag. Mm -hmm. When I read in the papers this morning that he was acquitted because you said you saw a ghost. Well, I realized why I'd been asked to pose as Florence Newton. That's the best thing you've realized all day, Miss Peters. But you're going to be one of his worst enemies for telling me this, you know. Why? What have I done? You've proved my testimony against Butch was correct. Well, so what, Blackie? Heathers was tried and acquitted for killing Ellie Spry, and he can't be tried again for the same crime. No, he can't, Mary, but maybe there's some other way to get at him. I'm going down to see Faraday. Miss Peters, did anyone see you come to my apartment? No, Blackie. Good. You and Mary stay here till I get back. Everything's going to be all right. Unless I'm all wrong. Come in. Hello, Wallace. Hello, Butch. Come in. Thanks. Well, how's it feel to be a free man? Great, Wallace. Great. You did a good job for me. You're the best lawyer in town. You didn't kill Ellie Spry. That's why I got you off, Butch. Yeah. But Blackie had me nailed for that killing till you pried me loose with that business about the ghost. I knew that ghost story would make Blackie sound silly. <laughs> what do you mean you knew it, Butch? I didn't know it myself until I saw the papers just before the trial. <laughs> I got news for you, Wallace. I give you a little assist in beating a rap for state head on me. I fixed up that ghost. What are you talking about? Cost me a thousand clams, Wallace. Don't worry. We'll come out of your fee. Wait a minute, Butch. Did Blackie think he was Florence Newton or didn't he? Sure he did. It was a girl I hired to say she was Flo Newton and go through the whole routine. Just as Blackie said. Butch, I hope you're lying. Nah, I'm not lying. I'm bragging. That was a pretty smart trick, wasn't it? You see, I knew about Flo dying in that creek a while back as... I was living a little, Ben, when it happened. Get out of here, Butch. Huh? You heard me? Get out! I took your case and defended you because I thought you were innocent. Now I know you're not. You did kill Ellie Spry, didn't you? Is that what the jury said? No. Because you did something behind my back to ruin Boston Blackie's testimony. Sure made a mess of it, didn't I? 
<laughs> Laugh if you want to, Butch. <laughs> Laugh because you know you can't be tried again for killing Ellie Spry. Laugh because you made a fool out of me. But you're a killer, Butch. Yeah, smart one, though, huh? <laughs> yes, you're smart, all right, but so am I. <laughs> Legally, you're free, but I'm a lawyer. And I'm going to find some loophole in the law to bring you to justice. Maybe that girl can help me. Maybe she can go to the police and tell them. Think so, Wallace? She's a ghost, remember? And all the ghosts can say is, boo! <laughs> go ahead, Butch. Have a good laugh. Go out and have a good time, too. Because she won't be having a good laugh or a good time for very long. Hey, hey, hey. Who are you calling, Wallace? The police. I won't be a party to a conspiracy. I think you better not, Wallace. You don't frighten me with that gun, Butch. But you bother me with that phone. Put it down. Or I'll knock it down, you... I think I'd better take that gun. You think so? No, so... Uh, uh. Uh, now I gotta go get another lawyer. Blackie, get out of my office. Before you start seeing things in here. Look, Friday, will you start seeing things? Will you start seeing how and why I was made to believe I picked up Florence Newton on the road to Little Bend? I know why you think you picked up Florence Newton on the road to Little Bend. You're a big dope. You mean I'm a big dupe? Dope, dupe! What's the difference? No. Faraday, that girl's real name is Vivian Peters, and she was hired by Butch Heathers to pose as Florence Newton. How do you know? Because she's in my apartment. She told me all about it. Butch hired her when he was out on bail. Now you're not only seeing crazy things, you're saying crazy things. How would Butch know about the death of Florence Newton so he could rig up such a stunt? Butch lived in Little Bend. He knew what she looked like, and the records show that he was there when the Newton girl drowned in that creek. So he was there. So he knew the girl was drowned. So what am I supposed to do now? I can't send Butch Heathers where I want to send him. He can't be tried again for killing Ellie Spry. I know he can't, but I've got to... Listen. There's your phone, Faraday. I know it, Blackie. i got to know something. Faraday speaking. Inspector Faraday, this is Madeline Wells, Harold Walters' secretary. Yes, Miss Wells. Inspector, Mr. Walters has been killed. What? He's in his office, dead. He's been shot. Wait a minute. Blackie, Butch Heather's lawyer has been killed. I know. I heard her say it. Stay where you are, Miss Wells. Yes. Don't touch anything. We'll be right up. All right, Inspector. Well, Blackie, what do you think of that? It's not what I think, Faraday. It's what I know. Butch Heathers has made another mistake. Only this time, we're going to make it his last. Oh, no, Blackie. You bungled things the last time I had, Butch. Go have yourself some fun in a graveyard. Meet some new ghosts, maybe. You're out of this murder. I'm out? Oh, no. You're out? Oh, yes. From here on, I'm handling Butch Heathers all by myself. You mean mishandling Butch, don't you? I'm going to surprise you, Blackie. I've got an idea. In fact, I've got two ideas. You'd better get an idea how you can pin the murder of Harold Walters on Butch before you do anything else. We're just guessing he's our man. He's not our man. He's my man. And I know how I could pin this on him, providing I get no interference from you. I'm going to have you kept here in this office for an hour, so I can have my way, and you can't get in it. You know, Inspector Faraday... It's a funny thing how many uses you can get out of a fire escape like this. Mm. You can get out of a building on it, hang laundry on it, sunbathe and sleep on it. Yeah, and keep quiet on it too, Muldoon. All right. The glass in this window to Butch's room isn't soundproof. Yeah, but it's sure almost look-proof, Inspector. Why, it's so dirty I can hardly see through it. I can see enough. I can see Butch in there and the door to the hall. Are you sure that... Uh... Peter's girl will do what you told her to do. 
She ain't better. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm sort of proud of myself about this. Yeah. This is the kind of idea Blackie would get. He's not the only one who's smart. Well, uh, what if it doesn't work? What do you expect from Blackie's ideas? Uh-oh, there must have been a knock on the door in there. Butch just got up and walked over to it. Well, now he can lift up the window a little, huh? Yeah. Quick, while he's on the other side of the room. All right. Uh, uh, that's enough. Butch just opened the door. Is it the Peters thing? It sure is. Well, Miss Peters, you took long enough getting here. Come in. Thanks. We can hear pretty good. You phoned and said you wanted to talk to me, sweetheart. Well, what about? You ought to know what about. I didn't know I was going to save you from the chair when I said I'd play ghost for Boston's lackey. Well, what you didn't know didn't hurt you too much, did it? <laughs> you got to breath the country air out of it, too, didn't you? <laughs> you got out of a murder rat, Mr. Heathers. And everyone knows you killed Ellie Spry. Blackie's testimony was right, every word of it. Yeah? You've made an accomplice out of me, Heathers, and I don't like it. Inspector, oh, you don't? Are you... Well, well. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. It's so bad that I'm going to the police. Oh, I wouldn't do that if I was you. But you are not me. Look, look, I killed Ellie Spry. I got away with it. I killed Harold Wallace, my lawyer. I'm going to get away with that, too. I'd include you in that list in a minute. And don't forget it. Chief the police will know who killed Walter. Yeah, they won't even suspect me. Then Wallace just went a case for me. <laughs> Anybody in this town ought to know that Wallace and I are the best of friends. Now don't go to the cops, sweetheart. Won't do you any good, and I wouldn't like it. You understand? Come on, Muldoon, let's yes, go. I I've heard all Jay. I need to hear. I all right, I'll raise the window hey. now. Who's out there? No time now. Let's go right through the glass. Don't right. <laughs> move, Butch. Cops! Duck, Miss Peters, there may be shooting. Yeah, she ain't ducking, but I am behind her. Go ahead, shoot, copper. Hit this dame. See if I can. No, no, don't. Inspector, don't shoot. You'll hit the girl. You mean you kill a girl, don't you? She makes a nice target, doesn't she, Inspector? A nice target, but a better shield. Don't Your shoot. pals ought to see you now, Butch. If you were as tough as you claim to be, you wouldn't be holding that girl in front of you. Ah, uh, cut the talk, pal. Go ahead and shoot, why don't you? You know I'm not going to shoot. Ah, uh, polite cop, huh? You don't shoot ladies, huh? Well, you don't shoot me, neither. And you don't catch me. Because a couple of more steps back, and I can reach the door. You did this all wrong, Inspector. Shut up. Well, I'm at the door, Faraday. Go ahead and shoot if you want. This is your last chance. <laughs> so long. So long, copper. Here's your girlfriend. Maybe you'll... Stop. Go to sleep, Bush. Get tired. Blackie. Yes, Inspector. Blackie with a black jack. Are you all right, Miss Peters? Yes, thank you. But I think my arm's going to be bruised tomorrow. I think Butch's head is bruised a bit, too. Or maybe this blackjack got the worst of the deal. Faraday, it's a good thing you told the guard to let me go in an hour. Yeah. I knew where you were heading and stayed out there in the hall to wait for you. I imagine you heard Heather's confession. Sure. You heard him admit he killed Ellie Spry and his lawyer. Yes, and it's a good thing I was outside the door. Faraday, what would you do without me? I don't know. But I'd sure like to try. <laughs> Don't do it, pal. You're a big man on account of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The morning papers are going to say that Butch Heathers is another of the feathers in your cap. Man, that Boston Blackie was a poet and he didn't even know it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Like that? Kind of like you. Wait, let me say that again. Okay. That Boston Blackie, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a poet, and he didn't even know ah! it. <laughs> that's, that's the so reaction. Funny. That's the reaction that's I want. So funny. That's so uh, That's a knee slapper there. Yeah, yeah isn't funny. it? 
His jokes are so sophisticated. May 28, 19, very sophisticated. <laughs> May 28, 1947, The Ghost of Florence Newton, Dick Kalmar, starring along with Jan Minor and Maurice Tarplin. Uh, Boston Blackie. Love that series. Just love Boston Blackie. Time now, though, for this month in music history. And we are going back to the 1940s. Yeah. So about the era of this radio show. Yeah. And see if you recognize this tune from 1941. Chattanooga Choo Choo. Yep. Originally recorded by... Um... Uh, Benny Goodman? Glenn Miller. Oh, Glenn Miller. His orchestra uh-huh. featured in the 1941 movie Sun Valley Serenade. Yeah, I didn't, see, with that didn't movie? see the movie. No, no. I missed that movie. Chattanooga but... Choo Choo. Yep. This is Glenn Miller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Swing. Can you just do some dancing the to that? Music was so much band. different. So much different back then, huh? Yeah, 40s. Wow. Sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. Pardon me, boy. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, William Bendix stars as Chester A. Riley on The Life of Riley from 1947. But before that, we're going to play Beat the Host, right, Lisa? That's right. We're going to be talking about Marion Ross, born yeah. uh, the uh, October 25th of 1928. Happy Days. Right, 94 years old. She was Marion Cunningham on Happy Days. Oh, if you'd like to man. call, be on the air, give us a call, 312-642-5600. Looking for caller 8. See you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.